Hello, hello, and welcome to the podcast. This is the Main Event 365 podcast made by musicians about NFL football, specifically Detroit Lions football. I'm your host, Main Event Mike, along with our producer, Mr. Russ Wayne. How are you doing tonight, Russ? I am doing great on this victory week. (laughs) It's victory week because the Detroit Lions did beat the Chicago Bears 31 to 30 on Sunday, came from behind to make a great win to uh, equal their win total from the 2021 season as they moved to three and six, dropping the Bears down to three and seven, 31 30. Victory by the Lions. Uh, incredible fourth quarter stand by the defense to pull out the victory. Um, defense was the name of the game. What's your initial reactions about this game, though? My initial reaction is I think this was a huge win for Dan Campbell and company. I think that, uh, gosh, Dan Dan Campbell needed this win because 13-game road losing streak is a long time to go without winning on the road. And it's kind of like this gigantic elephant in the room. You know, eat that elephant one bite at a time. Do elephants have kneecaps? I don't know. I think that they would be harder kneecaps to bite off. But <laughs> as long as you got everybody working together as a team, Yeah. No, my initial reaction is that it it is a much needed win for the franchise too long to go without winning on the road. So get that elephant out of the room. Well, as Russ just mentioned, uh, the Lions did snap a 13 game road losing streak with this victory. And Dan Campbell said in his interview that this was a great team win. And that's my initial reaction to this game is it was a great team win. Um, you had guys who were playing on the practice squad a couple of weeks ago, making major contributions. The defense shut down the opponent in the fourth quarter, which is something the Lions have not been able to do all year. Uh, and two in a row, two in a row. Playoffs. An incredible win. And we're going to, right. We're going to, no, not yet. So, The defense, let's talk about the defense because it didn't really play that well right at the beginning. And we were kind of looking at that whole same old thing, but that really stepped up in the fourth quarter, don't you think? They did step up in the fourth quarter. It's hard to sing the praises of a defense that allowed 147 rushing yards to the opposing quarterback. Uh, they could, they had no answer for Chicago quarterback, Justin Fields. Uh, the, 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 the running backs were, were gaining four or five yards a clip per average. Their, their quarterback was shredding us. Um, so, but in the fourth quarter, when it mattered, they stiffened up and they made a couple of stops and got a few three and outs in the fourth quarter. And then the defense put some points on the board. And, and then with one missed extra point by Chicago, that was really, uh, the, the, the ball game right there. And so yeah, defense really- stepped up. And wasn't that really, really good to see, too? I mean, really, when you look at that 100 and would you say how many yards was it again? It was 100. Uh, and, Justin uh, Fields, 147 yards rushing. 147. Now, he did have that one really, really long touchdown. And that you don't want to give up. yards. You don't want to give up big plays like that. But that also skews the stat a little bit because they actually were pretty good at stopping the run in that game minus – given up that that big chunk play and like you said when it mattered when it mattered when they were in a one score game they got a three and out a pick six then they gave up a, a long touchdown but then another three and out to, to to close the game or a four and out um and they got to close the game out there's no excuses because the defense closed the game out 
for the other team, right? Yes. It doesn't even matter. I, I know, I know. But there was a lot of things that we just see keep, keep seeing these recurring patterns with the Lions defense. Again, they get this time they gave up two touchdowns to the tight end. Seems like every week they submit a touchdown to a tight end. They're the worst in the league um, as far as giving up points from the tight end position. So that's a, another recurring theme that that happens. And uh, Cole Komet, four catches for 74 yards, two touchdowns. Justin Fields, 12 of 20 for 167 yards, two touchdowns, and one big interception. Jeff Okuda with a big interception for a pick six. uh, Really allowing the defense to step up. And and I think it really, as crazy as it sounds, I think what really sparked the defense was a play on offense when Jared Goff was pushed out of bounds. The whole team got fired up. Jared Goff was getting in their faces. Um, we did get the 15-yard penalty on the end of the play, which got us all fired up. We scored on the drive, and the defense came out with an attitude after that. So um, I right. think that one play on offense sparked the whole team, and the defense just fed off that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really good to see. This was a different type of defensive output. Like, I, I know about the stats, and they've been giving up the stats, but the the, the fact of the matter is when it came down to it in the plays that matter and Dan Campbell preached about this at the beginning of the season, like, like I was saying last week too, it's like a tennis match. You're on offense, ha! you're on offense ha! and you just keep on throwing your punches and eventually you're trying, trying to, to, to break through and, and force the other team to make a mistake. And that's what they did. They were on the other side of that because that tackle that Aiden Hutchinson made on that uh, right on the goal line, like he was going to put his shoulder in and the way that he twisted his body and and made sure that he didn't get that first down. That's a different type of ferocity, uh, ferocity that I'm seeing uh, out of this defense that I'm used to seeing. Yeah, that was a hell of a play. Wow. Uh, he came right down the line from the other complete opposite end and, and got to the line of scrimmage right when the ball carrier did. So incredible play. Um, and, and you're right, ferocious and tenacious. And um, they and ended when up scoring. It mattered. And when it mattered, that's the thing. It's like there's a lot of things that happen in a, in a game up into that fourth quarter when you get into those those chess piece matches where you're actually going for the queen, right? When you're actually yeah. going for the the – the plays that win the game. That was what I saw that was different from this defense that I've ever really seen at all. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh They only had two sacks, but they were very timely sacks. Yes. Uh, One coming on the final fourth down for Chicago on their final drive. So um, definitely timely sacks. Aiden Hutchinson with a sack. Um, When Julian uh, Okora with two sacks. Julian Okora with two sacks. So they had three on the day. Yes. Right. (laughs) And, and uh, it was great to see that when Okuda did have the pick six, it was a direct result of Aiden Hutchinson and Okwara and Pascal, those guys getting pressure right in Justin Fields' face to cause Love him it. to make that bad throw. So that was great. Um, the, Lions, the Lions did get kind of bailed out maybe by a, a penalty on a Jared Goff interception. There was an illegal hands to the face. Definitely, I know a lot of Chicago fans are upset about it, but it was a legit penalty. I mean, when you see the – when you in fact, uh, the, the player had to be carted off the field um, it was a legit penalty, even though I know a lot of Bears fans today are a little salty about that. All right. Well, could, do you mind if I get a little one-on-one time with the salty Bear fan? Here, let me, yeah, let, me help, let me help you, salty Bear fan. Listen, when you get into the end of a game 
and you're going back and forth and back and forth, tit for tat. You can say whatever you want to say, but you had a chance to win the game at the end, and our defense stopped you. You had a chance at the end of the game, after all of the BS that you're talking about happened, you still had a chance to go down and win the game, and you got stopped. So there is no excuses. We don't get to use the excuses. We're Detroit Lions fans. We never got to use the excuses, and we're not going to allow you to either. So no, that's, grow that's up. A, that, you're, that's a valid point. The Bears got the ball back with two minutes and 20 seconds left in the game, and our defense shut them down. So bad call or not, whatever it was, you had your chance to make up for that, to, to overcome that. Yes. And you failed to um, many times. The lions have uh, had those kind of penalties that killed them and they're not over able no. to overcome it. Uh, uh, but in Sunday's game, they, they overcame some adversity and kudos goes out to Dan Campbell and his staff for yes. uh, putting together a good game. They only had two penalties in the whole game. Discipline, discipline football. And uh, you don't see that, especially with such a young team. Uh, the youngest team in the NFL and the young players really stepped up and they're starting to gel. Dan Campbell talked about in his post-game press conference, how the young players are learning to trust each other and they're learning how to win. And I think we saw that a full display Sunday, um, even though some key guys were out. And of course, can't say enough about um, these young guys on defense, putting it together and putting this win out there. So it's awesome. Are we wrapping up? Are we wrapping up the defense now? Nice I think that's bow. enough about. We gushed about this defense enough. We got we got a whole nother. We game could gush more. We could <laughs> gush more, but we'll save it. We're gonna save a little bit of it right there. But we got to talk well, about that offense, right? How about that offense? Yeah. Well, it's your favorite topic, I know, because uh, you <laughs> love because that's your boy. Uh, Jared Goff looked all right. He was 19 of 26 for 236 yards. Those aren't pedestrian numbers. They're not lighting it up either, but he did what he had to do to win. He threw no interceptions and he threw one touchdown pass. So um, the Lions were able to run the ball a little bit, 95 yards. They had meaningful runs. They, they weren't getting a great per uh, per rush average in the game per se. They only rushed for 95 yards, but they got key first downs when they needed them. Uh, when they were uh, backed up on their own goal line, practically, uh, Jamal Williams had a nice 11 yard run to give us some breathing room. So they had some key runs, I would say. Uh, Chicago Bears surprised myself, and I know you as well. Um, their defensive line was supposed to be pretty crappy coming into this game. But uh, as we watched the game, I noticed they did a lot of stunting, and that seemed to give the, the Lions' offensive line some problems. They were slanting, they were stunting, and this was uh, our, our, our Hank Fraley and the crew was not able to overcome that at times. So uh, Derek Goff did a great job of managing the game, and like we said before, he got pushed out of bounds and got all fired up. And, uh, boy, I'd love to see that out of Jared Goff, right? What do you think? With with this type of game, like I would love to lose our bet because of Jared Goff putting up numbers like he did this week. Because in my opinion, this is the Goff that we want to see now. Minus that bet, he had a bad interception that was uh, that he did get. I don't want to say bailed out because when you throat punch somebody, they should call a penalty on it every single time. So I don't call that a bailout. I mean don't make mistakes but he did throw an interception on that but those pedestrian numbers 230 yards one touchdown zero interceptions because the interception didn't count and then a decent running game that's what you want out of a a, a win and then your defense to step up at the end of the game so 
him being under 300 yards tells me that the team is getting better. And that, so that, that would be my initial reaction on the golf Yeah. They were two for three in the red zone. Yep. Um, uh, so uh, they, they did well, they moved the ball up and down the field a bit. Um, and, and they got key scores when they needed to. So uh, I, I give Jared so, Goff and the offense a, a B, a solid B on the day because they took what the defense get, gave them. So it, 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 they did what they had to do to win. So you give them a solid B on uh, on the uh, on the offense. But did you notice that he did throw a touchdown pass? Who who did he throw that touchdown pass to? A tight end not named TJ Hawkinson. Oh, another tight end not named TJ Hawkinson. I'm sometimes I might just be wondering if they're if they're scheming those types of things and doing that on purpose. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I think the last the last three aerial <laughs> touchdowns the Lions have thrown have been to a, a tight end not named TJ Hawkinson. Uh, of course, Zilstra, Brock Wright gets one yesterday, and uh, James Mitchell got one in the in the game before. So, yeah, three tight ends. Three separate touchdowns. How many has Hawkinson had so far? Oh, none. Uh, right. I, yeah. Yeah. We're still, he's still and, on a And we're going to get a second round draft pick out of that. And, uh, that, and that's, a third. That's be a good and a third. <laughs> and a third. And oh, if, man. If Minnesota has their classic meltdown that they have every year, maybe that'll be a decent pick. So let's go throw. We can throw a bow on on the, the the golf fence was a little bit pedestrian. There's not really too much to talk about with that. Let's talk about Justin Fields. What about this kid? I know oh, he's your God. Buckeye boy, <laughs> but uh, I, I honestly was skeptical going into this game. The kid kind of made a believer out of me. He is a top notch athlete. Uh, the 67 yard run was really impressive. The first play of the game was pretty impressive. Uh, it was only like a 12 yard run or something, 14 yards, but he definitely looked smooth running the ball. He had a couple nice throws. Um, I think this kid is for real. It's going to be awfully hard for him to, ha- uh, to hold up to that lower in his shoulder at the goal line. He ran for two scores and threw for two scores. And this kid, I mean, in all I mean, this kid could be the future of the NFC North. Are you worried about him long term? Uh, absolutely, because I did watch him play at Ohio State, and 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 I and, and I know he's my boy. And I, I he's not my boy anymore because he plays for Chicago, and you went to my rival. So you're not my boy anymore. But I did watch him play, and you haven't seen the end of his skill set yet. That's that's the scariest part about Justin Fields is. He was good at throwing uh, receivers open and throwing two receivers that he trusted. So if he finds uh, an alpha wide receiver that he likes, he will throw to that guy and open up his his game if he's not dead by week uh, 18 this year, because I don't know if he's going to make it through the, the the season taking the beating that he is. I mean, we've touched on that. I mean, you want to echo that a little bit more? Well, well, I want to, I want to hear a direct answer of the question. Are you worried about Justin Fields long-term? Yes or no? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I, 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 I thought, yes, I am. I am worried. I think that we're going to be competing with uh, the Chicago bears in the next 10 years to, to win this division. It was that your best Mike Abraham impression. Oh, it's your boy. That's your boy. <laughs> your boy. <laughs> my boy blue well no, but he honestly is scary it's better ball. than your arnold schwarzenegger so <laughs> we'll give you that 
Come so on, I can't tell you. <laughs> I am not worried about Justin Fields long term. I am worried about Justin Fields in the short term, three years, because that's how long RG3 held up at that <laughs> pace. So if Justin Fields for the next three years, I'm worried. But after that, I don't think the shelf life on a quarterback uh, playing that kind of game um, is going to last very long. Um, what it's going to be, he's just going to be the next experimental running quarterback that that goes down from taking too much punishment. That's my opinion. I feel, you know, I do feel you, and that that definitely could happen. But when they got 130 million reasons that they could put to protect him and to get him playmakers and weapons and draft picks, I don't. You're referring think to their cap space. I'm t- 130 million reasons that he's going to have the protections and the, and the playmakers in the future to not have to play that style. He's playing that style right now. Cause he has to, and if not, then they're just going to get clean hits on him from the pocket. He's got to move and they got to cater the offense around him. Cause he's it. That's it. There's your offense. Who do you got? Yeah, but even if, even if he had, even if he had uh, the lions offensive line or, or even an average offensive line, he doesn't have the pocket skills, the passer skills, to excel, not now. Maybe he can develop them, but um, I don't think it's likely. The odds are against it. Um, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I, he doesn't worry me in the long term because of the style of play. Now, put Justin Herbert on that team, I'd be worried. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, I, but I feel you. Put, I, even Lamar Jackson, even Lamar Jackson's a much talent, more talented thrower than Justin Fields. At, I disagree with point. that, but it yeah, I'm. But well, maybe he, he doesn't have as big that. of an arm, but he's definitely he in the NFL. He has proven that. But, I, but like I said, I, I I saw him when when he was throwing those dimes to Chris Alave and uh, and uh, and Wilson. And if he has receivers that he trusts, he can be that quarterback. But he doesn't have the playmakers around him to see that. But we'll see. I mean, like I said, if he's not dead, we'll ha- we'll see what will happen when they put some some weapons around right, well, him and I thought Joey Harrington cash. was great. So there you go. So enough <laughs> oh, about man. Justin Fields, enough about Duff Bears. The Duff fact is the lions won the game 31 to 30. We did have a PTSOL moment though, when we left too much time on the clock, uh, when we took the lead, uh, as we alluded to before lions, what? um, stopped and with over two minutes left. So tell us about your PTSOL moment that you had in the game. Well, first of all, we're going to take you to that moment right now. So during that part of the game, I mean, I, everybody can remember that part of the game, I'm sure. And I looked up at the score and I was like, this is the moment. And I turned on my cell phone and I said, listen, here we are. There's a couple minutes left in the game. This is the PTOS, the PTSO moment of the game because when we get to these moments this is the moment that they usually crumble they go right down the field they lose this game they got it close we get to say yay they were really close but then they lose in these moments so if they're going to change the culture of who we are as you know sol they want to change that they had to do something different from that point forward and they did. They <coughs> came up with the big plays, and they were the ones that won those 
critical moments at the end of the game. And that's why they won the game. So are we getting over the PTSOL? We're going to try to. This is like a couch therapy session for you because when you get into those moments, we don't have to expect to lose anymore. And we had another one at the end of the game when we did go on top and left them, you know, with two over two minutes left in the game. And I that was my PTSOL moment. I thought, oh, boy, here it is. You know, when we were all in the room, there was one guy in the corner uh, saying, sit on the ball, don't score too fast. And I was like, forget that. Let's get the point. Let's get ahead, you know. And, <laughs> and then it dawned on me, wait, that's how the Lions do. They snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And uh, but then the, the defense, we were pleasantly surprised to see they stepped up and won it. So uh, that PTSOL, post-traumatic, same old Lions, I think that is being broken up. Uh, that game was indicative of uh, of a game that in the past or the, the same old Lions would lose in that fashion. You left too much time on. They'll right. kick the, the world's longest field goal to beat you. Uh, whatever. The refs will make a horrible call. Right. And it, it will be you. In fact, they will invent a rule in the end zone for you that right. will cost you the game. So th there was definitely a PTSOL moment there for me at the end when, uh, with only two minutes left. So, so what you're saying is there were actually two PTSOL moments because uh, – the, the moment I'm talking about was definitely one of them. And the moment that you're talking about for sure, when you score too quick and you give them too much time. And that was the point that I brought up earlier with the excuses thing is like, you had a chance. Our defense stopped you when it mattered. Yeah. And that's it. But here's the, the thing, end. Russ, but here's the thing, Russ, after that moment that you're talking about, they tied the game. It was only a minute later. That Justin Fields busted a 67-yard run. Right. And had it not been for a missed extra point, this whole conversation could be different. It could be, but it's not. But the thing is, is like they still had to go down and they had to to score and and to 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 win the game, right? Yeah. They had to do what they needed to do. They went down, they scored to go ahead or to tie. Either way, they did what they needed to do. And then they had a chance to go down and score, and we stopped them. They had plenty of yeah. time to do it, and we stopped them. And it was in great fashion, too, because it was next man up, right? Yep. Uh, Tom Kennedy, been on the practice squad, comes up on a big third down with a 44-yard catch. Tom Kennedy, awesome. Uh, Jared Davis, from, from barely ever making the team, from the practice squad comes in, has a couple tackles and a, pa a huge pass deflection on defense. So next man up was definitely impressive in this game. And that, I think that's something that kind of gets lost in it. Amon Ross St. Brown, only in his second year, seems mm -hmm. like a veteran. Hands are so strong. He's so reliable. He had 10 catches for 119 yards. This guy's a stud. An absolute elite wide receiver, in my opinion. Um, when we get some speed on the outside, it's going to open up things for him so much in the middle of the field more than he, he's so good at getting open um the sky's the limit when they get some speed on the outside to take the top off the defense for Amon Ra yeah next man up wow wow are we ever living that I mean these practice squad guys coming in like yeah you can't gush on Tom Kennedy enough it's like all I ever hear about this guy is well he's not fast enough oh he doesn't have NFL blah 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 and he's a number time, five and every time he goes out there he makes a play 
So yeah. I'm beginning to think that it doesn't it doesn't matter for him. Julian O'Quara, gosh, he steps out. He has a good game. Next man up, Jared Davis played linebacker because he's been on a yep. practice squad. Craig right. Reynolds got hurt last week, and now we see Justin Jackson stepping up. Justin Another guy Jack- who was yeah. on the practice squad had some yeah. good runs yesterday, running hard. Um, so next man up. Um, yep. These Zilstra guys last are, week. Yeah, they're a young team. They're 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 maybe a depleted roster, but these coaches are getting them to play. Another great uh, two weeks in a row. Aaron Glenn's defense really playing above their heads and, and bailing the team out. Really, I mean, those have been two defensive wins for the Lions. Yeah. So that's great to see. Let's put I a bow it. on that Chicago game. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you sure we're going to put yeah, a bow on it? Six. We've we're won two in a row. Maybe we can string three W's together like a website. Uh-huh. That that puts an end to the Chicago game. We're looking ahead now to the New York Giants. Sunday, the New York Giants play host to the Detroit Lions. The Giants, seven and two. Their quarterback, Daniel Jones. They're all world running back, Saquon Barkley. And a bunch of nobodies out at wide receiver. Um, the Lions, I like their chances in this game. They are a three-point underdog on the road. Um, are the line, are, you know, are the giants for real Russ at seven and two? I'm going to have to say, no, I, I watched some of their games. I, I think that they have played mistake free football. I, I think they're very similar to the Detroit lions in, in the way that he didn't have a couple cl- coaching blunders that took him out, out of the game. They're, very well coached, very well disciplined, but they don't have, they don't have the talent. And I think that you brought this up the other day. They said, are they the worst seven and two team in the history of the NFL? I think that they could make a case for that. I'm not worried about this team. I think that we, we looked at this at the beginning of the year as a winnable game. And even though they're seven and two, I still think it's a winnable game. If you yep. can stop Saquon Barkley and make Daniel Jones beat you with his arm, then you've got a real chance in this game. However, seven out of nine opponents had that same strategy and weren't able to pull it off. So can the lions pull it off on the road remains to be seen. So let's, let's dive right into it. What's the most intriguing matchup to you in this game? Well, I mean, it's gotta be whoever is is spying Saquon Barkley or, or whoever is, has the assignment of working with Saquon Barkley. I mean, I, I don't know if that's the defensive line or whatever, but they have to scheme some way to, and I don't even think you can stop him, but you're going to have to at least slow him down. So how about this? I'll echo what our enemy said on main stage. I'm going to say Aiden Hutchinson versus Thomas is going to be the most intriguing matchup for me. Okay. Okay. So, um, our defensive line and their offensive line. If we can win that battle, we can slow down Saquon. Maybe slow. Yeah. Okay. I, I think well, it, I'm going to, I'm going to flip it. I think the most intriguing matchup is our offensive line against their defensive line. Uh, they've been getting some great pressure from, I think it's Thomas, the, uh, the, the nose tackle. Um, he's, he's been getting sacks pressures. He's collapsing the pocket. This kid's playing above his head. And uh, he's playing great right now. Their defense has been keeping him in games. So if the Lions could control the clock and run the ball on the Giants and keep Saquon on the sideline, I think that's the most intriguing matchup for me. Because uh, Coach Charlie Weiss said today, the Lions are going to score some points. 
but the Giants just have to remember that they can't stop them either. So I think everyone knows that this Lions offense can put up some points, but everybody's underselling how good our defense is and how they're starting to gel now. So still ranked near the bottom in most categories the defense is, but New York isn't a juggernaut offensively. They struggle actually to score points. Yeah, I mean, I can I can agree with you on uh, on that. But when it comes to the same type of styles, I think that the teams have same type of styles and everybody that's saying that they're going to score a ton of points is like, I mean, their styles actually are the same. So it's like, they're both trying to play ball control. I think that the, there's going to be very little possessions to score and it is going to be low scoring just based off of ball possession. And they're going to run the ball 30 times. We're going to try to run the ball to keep Saquon off the field. So I don't think there's going to be a ton of possessions in this game. I mean, what do you think about that thought? Well, uh, a ton of possessions. Uh, I, I mean, you never know. But I think what Charlie Weiss was, was saying, he was just giving the Lions offense credit that the Lions are going to score some points. Um, the Giants uh, can't stop us completely. So we're going to put this. So the Giants just have to keep it in perspective is what he was saying, that, that the Lions really can't stop us either. Lions can't stop the run either. I mean, you look at what Chicago did to us last week. Daniel Jones is a right. running quarterback. Daniel Jones has been hurting teams with his legs. And they're going to look at that tape of what Justin Fields did to us, and they're going to find all kinds of ways for Daniel Jones to gain yards. So um, I, I do think it, it has potential to be a high-scoring game, um, even though we did both pick a low-scoring game uh, on Monday Night Main Stage. I'd like to rem remind all of our listeners, too, that every Monday night at 6.30, we go live on Facebook. Check us out on the main event.info and find out where you can join the conversation on the open mic main stage on Monday nights. Leave a comment, leave a question for a panel of experts, and we'll entertain it. Getting back yeah, to what and we're talking about... I want to ask you, Russ, do you think this is a bigger game for the Giants or for the Lions? Is this just a pedestrian game for both? Uh, I think that this is a huge game. Maybe maybe one of the biggest games in in Lions history when it Recent comes to history anyway. I'm talking period. Like but only if they win. But like if it if they lose, it's just same old lions. You know, everyone's gonna be oh, they went back into the they crawl back into the cave where you belong, there, lion guy. And uh, but if they win the game, this could be this is a two signature wins in a row. You're telling me you're gonna go to two road wins after you lost 13 straight, and you're gonna go on the road to the seven and two giants, and you're gonna get a victory there too. That is going to spark something i think that it is a much bigger game for the impact that it could have if the lions win this game for the lions uh, well, i have to go the other way i think this is a much bigger game for new york giants the new york giants are playing at home all giants fans looked at this game on the calendar at the beginning of the year and said oh that's a w oh we're gonna win even if we're not that good because let's face it no one expected the giants to be seven and two in week 10 okay no one and uh brian dable's got them playing very well and, and you know that they they circled this on their calendar as a W. And to lose to the Lions just might start a domino effect where this team comes back down to earth and, and they start playing to what they are. Um, and you, you look at it, going down the stretch, the, the New York Giants have 
the fifth hardest schedule in the league from this point forward. They have to play Philadelphia Eagles twice in their division game. Uh, and, and the Eagles are the have the best record in the league. So losing to the Lions, losing two to the Eagles in this tough NFC, the, the easiest road to the playoffs is to win your division. And the Giants aren't going to do that. So they need as many wins as they can to try to get a wild card spot. Because if you look around the league, you know that the NFC South isn't going to produce two. There, I mean, the winner of that division might have eight wins. Um, the, you look at the NFC West, you've got uh, the, the, the Niners at five and five. You've got Seattle leading the division at six and four. Um, so you may not get two out of that division or, or three out of that division like we did last year. Um, so there's definitely an opportunity for the Giants to get a wild card spot coming out of the NFC East but they've got to stave off the commanders and they've got to try to get as many wins as they can because they're in that division with the lead leading Philadelphia Eagles. So I think there's a much bigger game for the giants. When you look at the playoff implications, lions aren't really thinking playoffs, right? We're thinking maybe string a few more together and we can start thinking about playoffs, but it's right. Two, that, the giants are focused on it. I, I feel you on that, but that what, what you just said right there makes is all of the reason why I think that it is a big game for the Lions because if they are to go into MetLife Stadium and beat the New York Giants at four and six coming into uh, you know a big Thanksgiving game, people are going to start believing that this team could climb into a playoff hunt, especially when the worst team in the NSC is like a game out of the playoffs right now. <laughs> right. Right. And there is so, still time to overtake Minnesota in the division. If we were to start putting it together and Minnesota were to start sliding, um, there's still enough time. Uh, it's, it's a long shot. They got to win. That's why yeah, it's so yeah. big. They have to win. They, 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 the lions can't lose another game and even remotely you can't talk playoffs you can't talk playoffs if unless they win three out of the next four games and two of these games are really really hard well all right it's a big big game for the lions like you say what are the what do you think are some of the keys to victory for the lions to make it happen the defense 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 needs to continue continue taking the steps forward you're getting uh, what I'm starting to see is cohesion. I'm starting to see uh, players trust each other, just like Dan Campbell said in his press conference, that this defense is starting to gel and think that they can close out games against teams that have very good, even good running quarterbacks like Justin Fields. So they are starting to believe. So to continue down that stretch, keep getting these guys play solid, fundamental Football, run the ball, limit Saquon Barkley, keys to victory, offensive line needs to keep Jared Goff clean in the pocket because we all know what he does under pressure, which isn't very good. So keep him clean, keep the running game good, and have that defense take a step forward. Well, one thing I think is a key to victory in this game is I think the Lions should attack on offense. I think that we should see the the Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, call and plays like he did in, in the Seattle game, like he did in the Philadelphia game. Yes, we lost both of those games, but we put 38 and 45 points up respectively. So um, if you can do that, if, if you can 
can explode for points against the Giants, you can win this game because they can't score fast enough to keep up with us. Um, they're a running team. I mean, like you said before, Saquon's going to get his, right? You, you already know that. So if you can get Daniel Jones to beat you, um, hopefully they'll try to throw it to Kenny Galladay a lot. <laughs> uh, so I, I think the offense needs to attack this team, score in bunches, blitzkrieg offense, run up 20 nothing or 20 to 6 by halftime. And I don't think the Giants have the, the firepower to get back in it. They don't. They don't, man. And it's like, and, and if they, gosh, like I said, they don't win this game. They're going to be sitting there looking at, you know, a, a top 10 draft pick again. And, and, and here we are with the Lions. But there's somebody else that's out there that might be looking at a top 10 uh, draft pick. And, you know, Cooper Cup is out for four weeks, man. Isn't that draft <laughs> pick looking kind of yummy over there in, in LA yeah. right now? <laughs> yeah. As, as, as my fantasy team spirals down the toilet. Uh, it looks better <laughs> for the Lions uh, as uh, Cooper Cup is out with a high ankle sprain, could be four to five weeks. Um, and this is a wounded team, the L.A. Rams right now. Forty percent of the offense runs through Cooper Cup, which is the highest in NFL history for one player. So they're definitely going to have to start finding a way to supplement that production uh, down the stretch. And it's not looking good for the Rams. So as this pick gets worse right now the rams are sitting with the seventh pick which would go to the lions and the lions are sitting at the 11th if you would have told me at the beginning of the year russ that through week 10 the rams pick would be better than the lions i'd tell you you were crazy so <laughs> it is a wonderful twist of fate that the rams are are having the worst post super bowl season of any team in history uh and that bodes very well for the genius that is Brad Holmes that swung that Stafford trade. And uh, we're going to look, we're going to have two nice, tasty draft picks come <laughs> April. Yummy. Yes, that yummy, yummy, yummy draft picks. Now, I'm not that surprised about what the Rams are doing right now. And it's not because I thought they were just going to be bad at the beginning, but I, I had kind of been on record for saying that if any of those top tier players they have four elite elite high-end players on that team and if any one of them were to go down it really puts gigantic holes into their team like those guys cover up a lot of holes they have on other parts of, of their defense and offense and now it's getting exposed and they're going to be losing games so this isn't a surprise to me and it is a very yummy draft pick and I honestly think that the Rams kind of knew that this was going to happen. They just sold their souls so they could win their Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't, and they don't even care, probably. Not, not, they got, they got, a, they got a Super Bowl. They're probably still partying. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that brings us to our last segment in the podcast today, Rust, and that is the predictions. And I want to give you kudos, my friend. We both picked the Lions to cover the spread or, or to outright win the game last week. But you actually predicted a score of 21 to 20. Of course, the Lions did win 31 to 30. However, you did pick not only the winner, but the correct point spread. And you are the Swam. I am a believer. You're the Swami. 
Uh, congratulations on your lock pick. My lock pick was a loss, and I apologize my for listening to me with the Las Vegas Raiders uh, against the dumpster fire that was the Indianapolis Colts last week. How ironic. They seem to have righted the ship. <laughs> By, by, by bringing in an ESPN analyst to coach the team, they are now salvaging their season apparently because they beat the Raiders outright. And uh, I didn't realize that the Raiders were in this bad a shape, but I am here it is. I'm giving up on the Raiders for the year. They are the worst. Josh McDaniels, we already knew he stunk. <laughs> so I don't know why I bet on the Raiders, but uh, I but lost. they are who we won. thought they were. <laughs> That brings my record to five and five this year and your record to seven and three. Is that right? You're seven and three. Yeah. Yeah. Seven and three, Russ, 70%. You're better than the best predictors in the world. So that's, that's pretty amazing. So what do you got for this week for your prediction for the lions? It is the lions on the road and they are getting three points against the G men. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're heading to New York. Start spreading the news. We're heading to New York, and we're taking on the G-Men. And I think that we're going to win this game. And this isn't Homer, Russ. This is me thinking that a young Lions team is starting to get it together, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They're starting to gel a little bit. I think that the offense is still a little bit to be desired because we do have a lot of there's not playmakers that uh, I mean you know Amon Ra's been playing well but he can't do it all by himself so I still I'm sticking with the low scoring I got the Lions winning this game 13 to 10 by a field goal I also am going to pick the Lions to win because I'm a homer and uh, I think it's a one-point lead I'm going to pick the same score you picked last week uh, for the Bears I'm going to I think the Lions win 21 20 by one. So both of us say take the Lions and the three on the road because uh, we're homers. It's time for the lock picks. All right. So my lock pick of the week is, you know what? I just, I can't, I can't, I, I couldn't do it. I, I wanted to go back to the Washington commanders because they, they, you know, they beat me up on two of my losses. Two out of my three of my losses came to the commanders, but this time I kind of submitted and I went with the commanders and I did get the big victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. So this week, gosh, it's just the point thing to me. It's the points. We got the San Francisco 49ers coming to the Arizona Cardinals Sun Devil Stadium at the nest, right? That would be the Cardinals, right? The nest bringing them to the nest and the Cardinals are getting eight and a half. I will take those points eight and a half. Gladly. They're not, it's going to be a closer game than that. Even with Colt McCoy playing, let's go. Give me the Cardinals and the eight and a half. I like that call. I like that pick. This is a divisional game against the 49ers. The, the, the Cardinals are at home. Eight and a half is just too many when you're at home against a divisional opponent. So I like that pick a lot. Uh, For the pick that I'm taking, I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints against those same L.A. Rams that we talked about for the same reasons that we talked about. With no Cooper Cup, uh, 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 Matt Stafford coming off a concussion and and dealing with elbow issues, I think New Orleans is playing against a wounded animal, and they are going to take it to them. Whether it's Andy Dalton or Jamie's Winston that plays, New Orleans at home, um, the Rams are going to have to travel on the road. It's going to be a tough game for the Rams to get through. 
Saints are giving up three points, but I say go ahead and lay the points because their opponent has their back up against the wall and they are reeling right now. And I think New Orleans can jump all over them. This is a tough game for the Rams if they want to make it a get-right game because New Orleans has played everyone tough all year long. So there you have it. Russ takes Arizona Cardinals plus eight and a half. I've got the New Orleans Saints minus three against the L.A. Rams. That's our predictions for our lock picks this week. Big news here out of the main event 365 for all of our listeners and viewers. And I'd like to remind everyone, you can go over to our YouTube channel and watch a video podcast of this very same thing that you are listening to. Uh, We're very excited about this, that we are a direct affiliate marketing partner of NFL Shop now. This is a big deal for us. So please buy all your gear through our link. Lions beat the Bears 31-30. They head to the MetLife Stadium to play the Giants, where they are three-point underdogs. Hopefully, we can get our fourth win of the year and get more wins than we had all of last season. By week 11, it would be a beautiful thing. For everyone here at the Main Event 365, for our producer, Russell Wayne, I am Main Event Mike, wanting to tell everyone, God bless you all. Peace out.